Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many others. Episodes of the podcast also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 a.m. across Central Virginia. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And since 2021 is an election year in Virginia, we're doing a special podcast spinoff series. We've invited every declared statewide candidate for the offices of governor, lieutenant governor, and attorney general to participate and speak with healthcare voters about their campaign and ideas. Today, we're pleased to be joined by Sean Perriman, who is running for the Democratic nomination for lieutenant governor of Virginia. Perryman is an attorney, community advocate, and president emeritus of the Fairfax County chapter of the NAACP. With that very brief background, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. Well, it's our pleasure, and we appreciate uh, you making some time in your schedule during a busy campaign season. And so we just provided a brief bio sketch, but I imagine that that only scratches the surface. So please feel free to add anything else you'd like our listeners to know about your qualifications and your background, and then also uh, share your pitch for why you consider yourself the best candidate among the contenders for the Democratic nomination for lieutenant governor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So my background, uh, briefly, is uh, I graduated from Vanderbilt Law School. I was a corporate attorney for a number of years. I did litigation, also advised businesses on a range of issues from insurance coverage to federal arbitrations, you name it, probably got involved with it. I left my law firm in 2016 to go join Congressman Elijah Cummings as counsel on the House Oversight Committee. On that committee, I handled our tech portfolio, uh, but we were in the minority at the time. So uh, when you're in the minority on the Hill, you do a little bit of everything. So did that and also did investigations as well as part of that committee. And now I work in tech policy, work for an organization called the Internet Association, dealing with everything that touches the tech workforce. And my background in the community is as uh, the former president of the Fairfax NAACP. Fairfax County NAACP has been in the area for 102 years. I was the youngest president in their history and also grew it to be the largest chapter in the Commonwealth. Uh, We had around 350 members when I took over. Within a year and a half, I grew that to about 1,400 members, had record-breaking fundraising, and did a lot of uh, great work in the community. I have had the great privilege to work with folks like Innova. We partnered to feed frontline workers, also to get uh, the community information about this vaccine and everything else. And I've also been appointed by former FCC Chairman Pai to an advisory committee dealing with diversity and digital empowerment, issues like broadband and, and the like. So that's a, a brief sketch of sort of my credentials. And the reason I believe I'm the best candidate to run for lieutenant governor is to, you, people have to understand what the role is. You preside over the Senate and you break ties. That's pretty much the extent of the constitutional power. But uh, we had in history examples of lieutenant governors that did far more. Don Byer comes to mind, Doug Wilder and others. And I want to be a lieutenant governor in that mold in the sense that I'm going there and outside of the Senate really being an advocate for people on the ground, also to be a better partner to local governments and the community to see how the laws coming from Richmond are actually being executed. And because of my experience coming from positions where you don't have inherent power, but you have to build coalitions and uh, use your advocacy to get things done, I believe I'm the best one suited to take the role. Hi, I'm Catherine Gilley, VHHA Director of Advocacy Engagement. They say there's an election every year in Virginia, and 2021 is no exception. 
In November, voters will choose Virginia's next governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, as well as district representatives for all 100 seats in the House of Delegates. Before that, though, there are party nominating contests this spring. On May 8th, Republicans will hold an unassembled convention with voting locations across the state to elect nominees for the three statewide offices. Participating in the process requires people to apply to be convention delegates with their local GOP unit. Delegates will cast ranked choice ballots to determine the nominees. Then one month later, on June 8th, voters will select Democratic nominees for statewide offices in a primary election open to all registered voters. That same day, voters from both parties will determine nominees in House of Delegates district races with intra-party contests. Visit the Virginia Department of Elections website to learn more about upcoming elections. And with those important elections on the calendar, your contribution to HOSPAC, VHHA's Political Action Committee, is more important than ever to support candidates who will work to improve healthcare in Virginia and support the critical work of hospitals and health systems. Any contribution, small or large, helps. Please visit VAHOSPAC.com to contribute. That's V-A-H-O-S-P-A-C dot com to contribute. Thanks. Uh, as you know, the Commonwealth has made great strides on improving healthcare access and affordability in recent years through the 2018 passage of Medicaid expansion, through a law ending surprise medical bills, through the recent approval of a reinsurance program to lower rising health insurance premiums on Virginia's, through policies and actions to respond to the COVID pandemic, including vaccinations you just mentioned, and more. Looking ahead, if elected Lieutenant Governor, how would you seek to leverage the authority of that office, which you just spoke about, to further advance the healthcare system in Virginia? And just as an add on to that notion, uh, since you talked about your background in tech, are there technological-based solutions that you think could uh, help enhance the healthcare system in Virginia? Yes. Um, well, I think generally within our government agencies, what we need to do is break down the silos as far as the data. Now, obviously, with healthcare data, it's sensitive information. We have to be careful with that. But for instance, we've seen with this, uh, the vaccine rollout, also with some other unemployment insurance, our digital infrastructure desperately needs to be updated. We had folks who applied for unemployment insurance and wouldn't see it for months on end. Also, with the vaccine rollout, uh, we, we just really couldn't figure out the logistics around that. I think the same is true for healthcare, especially as we get back into schools and also going back into work in our community. How do we track outbreaks? How do we make sure that if there's different strains of the, uh, the virus, that we are making sure that people are vaccinated and going to work? Look at our prison population and what what has gone on there. So I think there's real room for better communication between the agencies while still protecting data, but also to deliver better services and partner between hospitals and our local local and state government. And you may be interested to know that there's a a new arrangement going on uh, that Governor Northam provided funding for. It's called Unite Us, and it actually is it's a bilateral technology solution that works to connect healthcare providers, social service agencies to really address gaps for people that need supports and services. Uh, so that's something to be aware of. That's actually in the the development and build out phase right now. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. So, Sean, if people want to learn more about you and your candidacy, is there a website or social media accounts where you direct them to learn more about you and perhaps get engaged with your campaign and your team? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we are on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, most accounts is Perryman4, the number 4VA. But on Twitter, we're the most popular candidate in the race. We have about 70,000 followers, and our Twitter handle is Sean Perryman, VA, and I spell Sean, S-E-A-N. Uh, you can also go to perrymanforvirginia.com. And so we're always communicating, always out there and trying to get our message out about what our vision is for the Commonwealth, how we can work uh, with our medical providers, uh, but also make sure that we get more people 
insured, whether that be through a state exchange or anything else, uh, how, how we can solve the problem of delivering better health care to Virginians. Well, I appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts and ideas with us today, Sean. And to close out the podcast, I have a fun personal question that we ask all of our sure. guests. And it's this. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one, <laughs> what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three, <laughs> what are your three entertainment survival kit picks? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a tough one. So album, I guess my favorite album of my sort of teenage years and one of my favorite artists uh, is Jay-Z and uh, The Blueprint probably my favorite al- album of his. Thanks for coming out tonight. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate that the best one so that would be something i would probably pick just because it's something familiar if i'm on desert island probably want that i wish i had something more eclectic than that but yeah jay-z's uh, hey, listen, blueprint listen uh, golden age jay-z the jigga man is it's, it's all good <laughs> that's right that's right uh yeah you know you can't i mean that was early kanye with the, with the mm-hmm, production quality mm-hmm, and everything else mm-hmm. so you can't, can't go wrong there uh, late kanye not so much uh anyway but uh, uh books um hmm that is a very difficult one. I would probably want, if I was on a desert island, to read the works of James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always found his particular wording in the turn of phrase very beautiful, and he had uh, you know, a collection of books that were both tragic and also just enlightening with the way he used words, and his writing had an impact on me. But probably on the spot, I'd probably pick one of Baldwin's books or essays. And then the last one was movie. Uh, huh. God, what would I want to watch on a desert island over and over and over again? Uh, well, I'm a big Marvel MCU fan, so I would probably pick one of the Marvel movies just because if I'm on a desert island, I probably want some action, maybe in-game. I am inevitable. Maybe one of the ones leading up to that. Uh, those are some of my uh, picks that I, I think I could watch multiple times and have watched multiple times already. Okay. Well, I appreciate uh, you sharing those picks with us. And I'll just say as a personal aside, Go Tell It on the Mountain is a, is a fantastic book and one, one I enjoy greatly. And with that, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. And we want to once again thank our guest, Sean Perriman, a Democratic candidate for Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, for joining us today. So thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care.